Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore a little bit of everything that's on my mind as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbythesseason.com. This week's newsletter is titled Multiple Other Effects, Lessons from Keystone Species. A few years ago, the four of us picked a few films to see at the Heartland Film Festival, as is our annual tradition. One of the films we picked that year was The Serengeti Rules which I highly recommend, and have a link in the newsletter of how you can stream it. It's a documentary film about a small group of scientists in the 1960s who discovered almost simultaneously in their various corners of the world where they studied what has now become a modern ecological principle, keystone species. Keystone species are defined as having a disproportionately large effect on their natural environment relative to their abundance. The film discussed many different kinds of keystone species that this group of scientists had studied all over the world, but the one that is most familiar to most of us are the gray wolves and their reintroduction in Yellowstone. In 1995, due at least in part to the work of this group of scientists from the documentary, wolves were reintroduced to Yellowstone after a nearly 70-year absence. During the wolves' absence, the entire Yellowstone ecosystem had fallen out of balance. Coyotes ran rampant and the elk population exploded, overgrazing willows and aspens. Without those trees, songbirds began to decline, beavers could no longer build their dams, and riverbanks started to erode. Without beaver dams and the shade from trees and other plants, water temperatures were too high for cold water fish. In other words, the extermination of the wolves had a catastrophic effect on the entire ecosystem. Even the scientists have been surprised at how quickly the ecosystem rebounded after the wolves' return. Quoting one of the scientists, The elk and deer populations started responding immediately. Within about 10 years, willows rebounded. In 20, the aspen began flourishing. Riverbanks stabilized, songbirds returned, as did beavers, eagles, foxes, and badgers. And those are just the things we have the time and funding to study, said Smith of the Yellowstone Wolf Project. There are probably myriad other effects just waiting to be discovered. The wolves were basically eradicated in their natural habitat because they were seen as a danger to humans and livestock, even though the data says otherwise. But in fact, the so-called dangerous wolves were key to promoting ecological diversity in their natural habitats and in maintaining population control of other species that had the potential to throw the ecosystem out of balance. Now, the indigenous tribes of the Great Plains revered the wolf. The Pawnee, who lived in what is now Nebraska and Kansas, were even known as the wolf people by other tribes. Had we listened to their wisdom about the wolves, as well as at least a thousand other things, let's be clear, we could have avoided the ecological crisis in Yellowstone. I hope you liked today's science lesson. The end. Hi, kid. The reason I'm bringing this up at all is because I keep thinking about keystone species in light of the Alito leak. Reversing Roe v. Wade will have tremendous downstream effects, and not just for women, of course. Voice advocates have identified so many of the likely effects, many of which we're already seeing in states with little abortion access. I'm worried about the activists who will turn their attention from the climate crisis, or voting rights, or income inequality, or public education, or fill in the blank to address this admittedly very pressing issue instead. I'm wondering about what diversity our ecosystem is losing by having a two-party system in which one party votes on largely one issue to the exclusion of all others. But like the Yellowstone scientists quoted above about the quote, myriad other effects just waiting to be discovered, what I'm wondering about even more are the unforeseen consequences that we haven't predicted or considered, or the ones that are at least not mainstream news. I find myself thinking about this about all sorts of issues we're currently facing, the climate crisis first and foremost, rising income inequality, voting rights, gun control, equal rights across the board, the broken aspects of our cultural fabric revealed or exacerbated by the pandemic, the fact that the litmus test for running for office in one of our parties in our two-party system is to deny the reality that their guy lost the last election. Social media and the media cycle feed us what to be outraged about from one week to the next, and there is plenty to be outraged about, let me be clear. 
but we can't continue to be jerked around by the outrage cycle. It's exhausting, it isn't sustainable, and it actually doesn't do much other than leave us worn down and powerless. Instead, we need to participate in and support local grassroots efforts that are addressing systems problems and that acknowledge the shared responsibility for the multiple crises we face. We've been trying the top-down approach for the past several decades at least, and it hasn't been working for a long while now. We have to dig in and start small, local, spread out. We have to care for ourselves and our communities as we lean into this hard work, and that demands honesty about the complexity of the problems we face. It also requires us to get clear about the problems that most light us up. We treat our politics like an athletic event where there are clear and defined winners and losers. And while that is sometimes the case, if you've lived for even a little bit, you know that few things in life produce clear winners and losers. That more often the consequences of our actions and policies impact us all in unforeseen and unforeseen ways because, as the Duwamish chief Salali said, humankind has not woven the web of life. We are but one thread within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together. All things connect. I don't know what the answers are from here, but I think part of the solution is to begin recognizing how interconnected we all are and how our collective decisions and policies have long-ranging ripple effects that must be addressed. We must begin listening to local people who have been in the trenches of the particular problem we're called to, and to seek out the people like the native people of the Great Plains who instinctively knew that the wolves played an integral role in the health of all life. Bob Payne was one of the scientists profiled in the Serengeti rules and in fact is credited with developing the Keystone species concept. Of that time in the 1960s that the documentary focuses on, Payne said, quote, What made this group of scientists so special is that each of us has a pretty private part of the world, some large, some small, which we understand and love. To know something intimately, one recognizes change, and much of the secret of ecology today is to not only acknowledge change, but to begin to factor out causes. Why is the world we know so well changing? Perhaps part of the work ahead is to understand and love a particular part of the world. Whether that's a particular corner of the natural world, a particular issue that lights you up, a particular relationship or community you feel drawn to, or some combination of those, so that we can see what is changing and better understand what is needed to help instead of ignoring our interconnectedness to our own peril as individuals, as humans, and to the more than human world we're connected with and dependent on. You'll have to check out the actual newsletter for my rants and raves and stuff we're sharing this week, which you can find at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. Thanks as always for listening. If you know of someone else who might like this sort of thing, I would love it if you would share it with them. You don't know how big of a difference it makes to writers and creators when you share our work. Learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. And cheers to wondering about unforeseen consequences in the days ahead.